guys. Welcome back to another episode of Hot Takes Pod, Shopaholics Turned Workaholics. We're so excited um, with the response that we got from the first episode. It really warmed our hearts. Everyone was super supportive and positive, and we loved that we could just put some positive energy out into the world, right, Mad? Yeah, we got like 300 downloads, I think, on the first two days of our podcast, which we were so grateful for. And so many people reached out and posted about us. So we just wanted to say thank you guys for that. It made us so happy to know that we have so many so happy. followers and people who are interested to hear what we have to share with you guys. Also, as of yesterday, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, which is really exciting. So if so you exciting. like to listen to your podcasts there instead of on Spotify, now you can you can search us, follow us, anything we you can, want. We can thank Maddie for figuring <laughs> that one out because I tried for hours to figure out how to get us on Apple Podcasts, and I couldn't. So thanks, Mad. Our technical ways. Jumping into just a recap of our week, because we had some crazy mic situations happen, I want Maddie to take it away with why our audio is not as perfect (laughs) as we promised it would be this episode. Um, So, Mad, do you want to go with that story? Yeah, so basically I ordered the mic that Julia had on Amazon because her sounds really good and it was cheap. So I thought, why not? And a day before, actually, no, the day it was supposed to be delivered, I got a notification from Amazon saying that your package was lost in the mail and it never made it out of Texas. So I had to reorder the microphone, which is now not coming for another week. Hopefully we'll have it before the next episode. But we're also really thankful that Amazon's shipping things that are actually essential right now and prioritizing those packages and not my microphone. But at the same time, it was annoying (laughs) to have a lost microphone on the day it was supposed to be delivered. So we're out here using my AirPods again until that comes in. Further notice. Yeah, kudos to Amazon for doing prioritizing essential products, but also hate to have that email the day you're supposed to get a package that says your package is lost. Like, I feel as though they should have been able to notify you before that day as you were anxiously awaiting to record for your microphone. But hey, still congrats, Amazon, for doing good things. Okay, so moving on from the whole audio situation currently. (laughs) This episode is called Shopaholics Turned Workaholics because we wanted to tell you guys about our career paths and a little more about what we do at Macy's since we realized after the last episode that we didn't actually specify what our jobs were apart from working together. And then we want to talk to you guys about the idea of mentorship and networking and how we got through school, different clubs we were in, different internships we've had, just so that you guys can get to know us a little better and our experiences up to this point. So Julia, you want to tell us a little more about what you do at Macy's and your roles that you've had since EDP? Yeah, so backtracking a little because I know we mentioned last episode how Matt and I met through this EDP program. But what really is the EDP program? It's the Executive Development Training Program at Macy's. And it's basically for all merchants. So you have your planners, your product developers, your buyers, and your digital people. 
I started off thinking I was going to be training and buying, got flipped around to digital. I trained as a digital assistant for a few months while in the program and I worked with prestige skincare and I was mainly doing, I was working with vendors, but I was mainly working with only digital content and things that are sold on Macy's.com and kind of working with the presentation and the flow of everything on there. And I really learned a lot and loved it, but I always wanted to go into this buying track. So when I got flip-flopped after the whole Macy's restructure, I became a buying assistant or assistant buyer, I guess you would say, in Trend Cosmetics. And basically what I did as a buyer is I worked directly with my vendors to create an assortment that we wanted to have and showcase at Macy's, whether that be online or in stores. We did a bit of both and where the touch point between our vendors like Laura Mercier, Bobby Brown, just to name a few recognizable brands that I worked with. And we would basically choose what products we were going to sell at Macy's. And it was really fun. Market was definitely the best part. I'm jealous of your market meetings. Yeah, they're really fun. And you get a lot of free products, although obviously that's an added bonus. But there are so many great things about being a buyer. It's really heavy in communication and relationship building. And I still get texts from my vendors checking in on me, which is so nice. You can see how those bonds really form quickly. What about you, Mad? Let's let's talk about your role because it is so different from mine. Definitely. So when people hear product development, they're kind of a lot of the times confused because they don't know exactly what that is. And I'm going to try and do my best to explain it to people. So at Macy's or any big department store, there are brands, even an online website, there are brands that are exclusively owned by that store. So for Macy's, I think there's like 14 or 15 of these private label brands that are exclusive to Macy's. So not sure if you guys would have heard of these, but for example, Macy's has INC, Alfani, Bar 3, my brand's called Charter Club. And what my job is, is to produce the clothing that goes into our exclusive line. So we kind of act as the touch point between the vendor and the factory that's producing the articles of clothing. And then the buyers who would be the people responsible for choosing which products that we develop go into the stores. So as a person, as a product development assistant, you have a lot of creative oversight, I guess, of what the line is going to look like, which I found to be really, really rewarding because I have always wanted to work in a very creative role. So like my specific department and my job used to work with denim. And so we get to decide like how the jeans look, what colors they are, what patterns they have, how the cut and the style looks. And that was a really cool experience. So I've really loved being in product. I trained in product. I interned in products last summer. And then I was placed officially after the program in product. So it's kind of all I know. Not to say that it's the best because I think that every department is really awesome and is worth exploring. And I definitely want to try buying and other things at some point. But starting my career in product made a lot of sense for me. And I've really loved it so far. She's a product queen. I feel like every time you explain product development to me, it gets a little bit 
clearer, but it's crazy how we could have gone through the same program and our jobs are just so incredibly different. And obviously what's great about working for a company like this is there's usually a lot of flexibility and room for movement. So you can try a bunch of different jobs in your career, which is something I know we both really loved about it. But yeah, I mean, I would love to try product eventually. Buying is definitely a little bit more numbers based. And when you're the buyer buyer, not just the assistant buyer, you're dealing with all of the budget and working very closely with your planners to make sure you're meeting plan and getting your receipts in buying language. <laughs> I can't wait to understand all of your buyer lingo. I feel like since I interned there, like all that I've known is product and I'm excited to learn about other departments. Yeah, there's such a jargon that you have to get used to. But Mad, you were talking about how you interned there. Was that your only internship in fashion or did you have other internships before your internship at Macy's? So I had one other internship in fashion, which was actually my first internship ever. And it was the summer of my sophomore year of college. And I learned so much from this company. It was called Lightus & Co. And it was a small marketing agency that basically worked on different brand collaborations. So they were responsible and in charge for creating collaborations between like artists and brands or musicians and brands or brands and other brands. So they worked a lot with Sephora and bringing different brands into the store that wouldn't typically be there. And it was a really, really tiny company. So I think it was just me, another intern, and then three employees and the CEO. And it was such a great learning experience because it really opened my eyes as something that I could want to do as my future and a company that I would love to create in the future. But it was not exactly what I was looking for directly out of college because I wanted to have an experience that was big enough where I could explore a lot of different roles as we're talking about is available at Macy's where you can switch off and just try a bunch of things until you see what you like and shadow and network with people outside of your direct office. So that experience was incredible. And I worked on so many things. I'll tell you guys a little about what I worked on so you can get a better understanding of that internship. But I basically did three things. So the first thing was I did research for the CEO so that she could think about future brand collaborations that would fit with the company. Um, and then the second thing I did was I did research on existing collaborations that were already in the industry and made like a book kind of thing to tell everyone, all of our clients and internally, I guess, just what was happening in the industry. And then the last thing that I did, which was really related to my job at Macy's and really helped me get that job was a product development like role where um, the company was launching a private label beauty brand for a bigger company that didn't have a beauty brand, but they sold clothes, but they didn't have their own beauty line. So my job was to facilitate the interactions between the vendor and the brand itself and help to produce the product. So we did the packaging, the display cases, the color of the product, like everything involved with how they were going to launch that product, I was responsible for. So that was really, really cool and actually lent itself perfectly to my next internship at Macy's in product development. It's a very similar role. So that was my only other in 
internship in the industry. But before I ask you that question, because I know you've had so many of them, <laughs> I know Julie and I were talking about before the show, the role of a unpaid internship, which is extremely common in the fashion industry. And that internship, as great as it was, was unpaid. So I wanted to acknowledge just like how grateful we were to or how grateful I was to have been able to take that internship and learn from that experience in the way that I was, because not everyone is able to do that. And it's definitely an issue with the fashion industry in that a lot of people have to take an unpaid experience prior to getting a bigger experience in fashion. I've heard that from a lot of people who've worked in the industry. And so we're really hoping that post the COVID era, the fashion industry just changes for the better and is able to not cut them out because some companies can't really afford to pay all of their employees, especially if they're small and growing, but a new approach, I guess, towards being fair. So yeah, and making it more common. Yeah, I agree. I've never had an internship that was paid in fashion. And you can say we when you said we were grateful because I am so, so grateful that my family gave me the ability to be able to accept those internships. And it wasn't something that I took for granted. I worked my butt off to be able to have those internships. But I recognize, and none of this goes without saying that I was very, very well aware that I was privileged to be able to have these opportunities. And I really hope that someday, sooner rather than later, these opportunities will be more available to people who deserve them because it does break my heart that there are so many people that are just as passionate as we are about the industry and just don't have the means to accept an unpaid internship, even if you're receiving school credit for it. People can't spend their summers without making money. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I really hope and think that things will start to change after we go back to work. Apart from that, Jules, why don't you tell us about the really awesome internships you've had before college, during college? I know there have been a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Start us off. I started with my passion pretty young. Funnily enough, I wanted to be a vet before I got into fashion, and I interned at a vet clinic my freshman year in high school, and I saw them put a dog to sleep, and I was like, okay, I'm out of here. What's the next (laughs) thing I want to do? Fashion. And I started just emailing random people, texting everyone I knew to see what kind of exposure I could get at such a young age into the industry. I was able to volunteer at Zhang Toy. He was a designer at his fashion shows during New York Fashion Week. So I did this summer after my freshman year of high school, I believe, for the first time. And I continued for the next two years for each season to work for Zhang Toy and volunteer for him during his runway shows. And it was just such an exhilarating experience. All the stress that went into creating these shows and then seeing all the models getting ready backstage and all the hustle and the buzz around everything. And then watching the show come together was a a feeling that I'll never forget. So hopping to my sophomore, no, my junior year of high school, sorry, I interned in London at a fashion PR firm called Emsley Creative. 
So kind of going off what you and I were saying, Mad, I guess in high school, you're not really told how many opportunities there are in the fashion industry. You don't take design classes. I didn't know what PR was for the life of me. Like I could not define that. Um, And I kind of thought, hey, if I wasn't a designer, how was I going to work in fashion? Well, once I started having these exposures and meeting people and staying in touch with them and interning at different places, I realized how many job opportunities there really were. So I interned for this PR agency in London. I worked mostly with their social media. And they were a really small company. It was just me and two other women, my bosses. They were so badass. I I loved them. I got super close with them. And they knew I spent my lunches every single day going outside, admiring the bold fashion of all the Londoners and shopping at the vintage stores. And I was having so much fun experimenting with my style and getting inspiration from the people on the streets that I started writing and I started a blog called The Style Pages. And that really confirmed my love for not just fashion, but writing about fashion as well. So I applied to be a journalism major at BU. And when I applied to be a journalism major, I didn't even know how many things outside of my actual major were going to inspire me and keep me on this path to fashion, I guess. And I started getting involved with a ton of things on campus. And I know, Mad, you were also involved with a ton of things on campus that were fashion related. So do you want to tell us a little bit about how your time at school and in clubs really influenced your career path? Definitely. So I was a visual studies major at school and I minored in consumer psychology And both in school and outside of school, I was always looking for creative opportunities or ways to get involved in creative clubs that our school had. So freshman year at the career fair, I joined the Walk magazine and was on it ever since freshman year to senior year. I had so many different roles. The Walk magazine was our school's version of like a student run fashion magazine. So I started out as a photographer and then became a stylist and then became a beauty assistant and then ended up senior year running the beauty department. So I was in charge of like hair and makeup. At one point I was in charge of styling at one point photography and all of those experiences were so cool because everybody in the club, like who was working for the fashion magazine had such a passion for it and were all so creative and had, were like-minded to myself. So I learned so much from them and I'm still really close with them. And I love running into them at school or just like following each other on social media and, and hearing about their lives is really, really awesome. So that club really shaped my pen experience a hundred percent. And I absolutely loved it. And also adding on to what we were talking about before about unpaid internships, I would say that clubs, school clubs, and experiences like this that are available at many schools is a great way to explore your interest in fashion without having to do it through an internship because there are so many resources and like tools, tools, even just cameras and anything you could need, the funding, whatever exists through your school's clubs. So if your school has a fashion club like mine did, or, and I know Julia's did too, that would be a great way to get involved and see if it's really something that you're interested in or passionate about before pursuing 
internship. So Julia, tell us also about your really cool clubs that you did at school. Yes. I also want to just say I totally agree with everything you just said. I think that was really well put. And I highly encourage anyone who is interested in fashion to join whatever clubs you can, even if you don't feel like you have so much time on your hands. There's always, always a way to do something, whether it be a stylist on one photo shoot to the fashion editor of the magazine to the editor of the magazine. It doesn't matter how big or small your role is. It's just a way in and a way to get some experience and any experience is good experience. But to talk about some of the experiences that I had at school, I was a part of two different magazines at school. So one was called The Buzz and it was a lifestyle magazine. And that was the first magazine that I joined. And I actually joined as the fashion editor of it. So I applied, I wrote some pieces for the old editor. And when I got the job, I was so thrilled. I This was a point in time where I wanted to be nothing else but a fashion editor. I thought they were the coolest people in the world. And similar to you. I have the best relationships with the people I worked with from the models to our editor-in-chief to our graphic designers. They're all out here with the craziest, coolest jobs now. And we stay in touch with each other. And they've been so helpful in building my career and having that experience working with them, creating ideas for the central concept of photo shoots and styling all of our models and kind of coming up with a similar concept from so many different points of view was such a great creative exercise and experience. And to this day, I will show people the magazines that we created and I will be so proud of them because they are incredible pieces of work. And I owe it not just to my hard work, but to the hard work of my teammates. They are incredible people and I'm so thankful to have worked with them. The second magazine that I was a part of was called Off the Cuff. And kind of going back to what I was saying before, my senior year of college, I was applying for jobs and I didn't know how much time I was going to be able to spend on the magazine. And when I was the fashion editor of The Buzz, I was writing a lot as well. And I was editing my writer's work every single week to post online. So I just didn't think I would have that amount of time. So I took a styling job at Off the Cuff, which was more of like an art-based fashion magazine rather than a lifestyle magazine. And I worked on a few shoots. Again, the creative people, just seeing how their mind works and seeing how every single person can have some input into something and watch it all come together was a crazy feeling. And I loved every second of it. It drew me closer and closer to the industry. School clubs are the best. They're such unique opportunities to just run something so massive that like now we both have, I guess, a collection of magazines that we're so proud of that we worked on and can point to exactly what we did to contribute, Mm -hmm. which I think is really awesome. And seeing your name in print is like the coolest thing ever. And my grandparents, I mean, I love giving my grandma a reason to brag about me and she has stacks of these magazines in her house. And it's not just something your grandma will love and appreciate. It was actually a great resume builder for me as well. So you can find all my magazine PDFs up on my LinkedIn. And I use them every time I went in for different job interviews. The first job or internship I got after showing someone a copy of the magazine was at 
the Zoe Report, and I worked for the fashion editor there in the New York office. So I helped her pull different pieces of clothing to go into the articles, depending on what they were about. And it was such a great, cool experience and my first real experience in the outside world of fashion editorial. I loved every second of it. And I still, again, have the best relationships with my bosses. And I've stayed in touch with my fellow interns. And I got to learn some new really cool programs. But I think a highlight of my time there was when I got to publish my own piece and seeing my name on the Zoe Report site was the craziest thing ever. My second experience in the professional world of fashion editorial was when I interned at Harper's Bazaar Australia. I got this internship because I was studying abroad in Australia and as a journalism student we were required to have internships and a highlight of my time there was definitely doing a video for Nadia Fairfax and Estee Lauder. Such a great time. I got to work with the stylist of Harper's Bazaar and I got to put some creative direction on that video, which was so great. And I showed Maddie it the other day. I made her watch it because I wanted her to be proud of me. <laughs> She's awesome. After that, when I was when I was working at Harper's Bazaar, I was so stressed, obviously, looking for what my next internship would be because I'm a psychopath. And with the time difference and everything, I didn't think I was going to be able to land any internship in New York. But going off of the topic of mentorship, I had a mentor and she was such a fabulous mentor to me. I actually spoke to her for the first time when I was in Australia. She was working at Valentino at the time, but they weren't hiring any interns for the summer because they were going through some kind of restructure. So she introduced me to someone at the row who ended up intern or who ended up interviewing me, sorry. And I got the position at the row, but it was in the sales department. So for me, that was a really different experience. And I was the vendor to the buyers, and now I work as a buyer with my vendors. I know, Mad, you have your own experience with mentorship and what that means to you. So when I was at school, it was pretty difficult just given the things that people at my school are interested in, which was mostly finance and consulting and other more business-heavy positions, I guess one could say. It was hard for me to find people besides on the fashion magazine who I could relate to and connect with on a career level, I guess, who had similar creative interests as I did for their career. And a lot of people did have those creative interests, but they wanted to pursue a career in something else. Um, and creativity is more of a side project. So it took, it was definitely hard to find mentors at school, but I was able to find a few girls in my sorority who had similar creative experiences in their internships, and they were able to help me get my first internships and get my first exposures to the industry, which I was so grateful for. So then ever since then, I have really tried my best to put myself out there for younger people, not only in my sorority, but just in my whole school. Anyone who has heard about my internship opportunities and are interested in pursuing a similar path. I've connected them with all of my past bosses and anyone I know and tried to get them involved in the industry because I knew how hard it was for me to find that at school. And I think that it's super important, as you said, if you had a mentor or even if you didn't have a mentor to mentor younger people and be there to answer their questions and be there to 
like teach them about your experiences, kind of like what we're doing with our podcast. So yeah, I'm really excited about any of you guys who have questions for us who are interested in we want to be yeah and we we want to be be your mentors mentors. exactly yeah we really hope that that's something we can bring to you guys because we have had various experiences and i i know that your experience with mentorship mentorship was different from mine but we both understand the importance of it and i would not be where i am if it weren't for the people that mentored me and that were there for me and supported me and encouraged me and connected me and the network that I built through these internships and the relationships that I made. So it's such an important thing. If you want to get ahead in this industry, it's part of the hustle, you know? Definitely. 100% agree. And we want to be that for you guys. We want to form this community where we can be positive reinforcements on each other because there isn't a lot of that. You know, so many people look to the Devil Wears Prada and they think that's what fashion is like. And I've had experiences where it has been like that, but it's the people that I've been so generous and so giving and so mentoring to me that have made the biggest difference and changed my attitude with what this industry is. And look, it's an industry that's supposed to be, it's supposed to make you feel beautiful. That's what fashion's supposed to do. It's supposed to make you feel beautiful and empowered. And why wouldn't you want to mentor people and help people and give them the same thing that the industry is supposed to stand for? I totally agree with that. I also think that a lot of people ask what advice I have given our furlough and everything that's happened since we've joined the retail industry. But people ask what advice I have for younger people. And I would say or people who are interested in entering the industry and building up what we've been talking about with networking and mentorship. I think that this time more than ever is a great time to reach out to everybody you possibly know in the industry and just ask them all of your questions that you have, because there are no more office visits or shadowing opportunities or in-person interviews. So really the only way to learn directly about the industry is through reaching out to people or like asking questions. And I know we, and basically everyone that I know would be very like excited to help you guys. So definitely start reaching out to people and just learning as much as you can about the industry before jumping into it, because it's changing like crazy right now, as you could probably tell from everything we've been posting and just the news generally. And I think there are a lot of people that feel really lost, but they also want to help younger people and people that want to get into the industry because we're the ones that are going to change it. We're the ones that are going to make a difference. We're the minds that they want to pick and understand. And, you know, you said it, but just reach out. Reach out to people, whether that be for your first time, you'll be surprised how many people will respond to you and say yes, even if you don't think they will. One and two, reach out to old people that you've worked with and check in on them. Like keep those relationships going because that makes all the difference. So wrapping up today's episode, we want to talk to you guys about how you can continue to get involved. But I want to give a quick shout out to Brooke and Keon for their work in helping us put everything together. Brooke does all of our graphic design. She's incredible. Her handle for Instagram is in our description. So check that out. And Keon wrote our intro music, mixed our intro music. And Maddie knows I literally can't stop dancing to it because... 
It's great. So thanks, guys. You have made our podcast so fabulous. Also, talking about how to get more involved on Instagram, we're going to be opening up, I guess, poll stickers so that you can vote on different topics you want us to talk about or even just submit in a little text bubble things you want us to bring up. We'll be introducing some of our themes in advance so that if you guys have questions, we can address them on the podcast itself. We think that'd be a really cool way to get you guys engaged. And then also we're going to be posting every week more of the content we've been posting to as a resource for you guys to learn about what's happening in the industry and different jobs you can get, different people to meet, etc. So we're really excited about that. Yeah. So keep looking at our Instagram and leave reviews on our podcast if you'd like yes, to please. on Apple Podcasts because you can now find us there and our podcast has no reviews. So that'd be really <laughs> awesome. Get familiar with what we're posting on each different day so that you guys can send in if you have a small business that you want to support or if you have um, a nonprofit organization or a brand that you know that's giving back. We really, really want to post that content and give some love to those organizations and brands. So please send them to us. And now to key to our next episode, we're going to be talking about the Vogue business conferences and kind of talking about the future of fashion. I know that's a really broad topic. So let us know if you guys have any specific questions that we can chat about on the show. Thanks, guys. Bye, guys. Bye.